Hello and welcome to another episode of Acts of the Blood God. I am Eric Van Allen, once again, subbing in for Cat Bailey, who at this point is just a boat captain, is is traveling the high seas. We don't know when she goes or when she comes back. You know, it's just a thing now. Cat is a pirate captain. We can't control anything about it. Uh, Naughty Oxford, how do you feel about Cat leaving us for the wide blue ocean? Har fiddle dee dee, being a pirate is all right to be. Do what you want, cause a pirate is free. Cat is a pirate. <laughs> well, replacing Cat, maybe not uh, forever, but tonight in our hearts, uh, our guest Michael Heim of Fanbite. How are you doing? Why are you giving me Cat pause for? Cause you said I'm replacing Cat. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is the second time you've pulled a cat pun on me tonight. Oh, multiple yeah. times over yeah. what was what was the first one what was the first one i did was uh, uh, i had i had something on pause i had a mission oh, yeah, on pause. pause oh on pause <laughs> little fluffy pause. pause uh yeah i'm uh cats make me happy so uh, i think about them all the time i have many parasocial relationships with other people's cats and uh, mm-hmm. that's that mm-hmm. on that oh mm-hmm. you should come to my house and pet my cats i have two <gasps> and i have tango Oh, and Toronto's got mad Filipinos, apparently. So it's going to be like home out there. (laughs) We got cats. We got Filipinos. Come on down. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, so glad to have you on the weekly show this week to talk a bunch of things. I looked at the lineup of what we're going to talk about this week, and I was like, Michael also enjoys the persona and the fighting games and the RPGs. This seems like a good week to have you on for it. So. We'll be we'll be talking all that, but first a little bit of housekeeping. As always, we are Acts of the Blood God, an RPG podcast. If you listen to us, if you like us, go like, comment, subscribe, follow us, leave a review on the podcatcher of your choice. Always helps out, gets the word out there about what we're doing, and brings more people into the Blood God fold so they can vote on things like March Madness, which is still carrying on and still causing massive divisions in the Discord. <laughs> uh, y'all have made choices and i did not think when i put this bracket together that it would result in as much chaos as it did but it really has chaos we got here to kill chaos i mean i believe the last round uh estelle upset cloud and that was maybe one of my no it was chrono it was estelle and chrono i believe uh (gasps) estelle from trails yeah yeah estelle i have to admit yeah Yeah. like i like chrono but he doesn't really do anything (laughs) estelle is great yeah <laughs> wow yeah uh so if you want estelle ichiban kefka the elusive man or any of your other favorites to stay in the race or adachi because apparently y'all really like adachi it's what? still blowing persona adachi yeah adachi, persona yeah, adachi yeah. is still oh. in the running i know my oh, gross it's almost as bad as Teddy or it's um, <laughs> Emmett's, <laughs> Emmett's Selk dropped out of the running, I think, to Adachi, if I'm correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't like that. I'm, I'm very ashamed of everyone. I'm, 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 all right, Your mother and I are very ashamed of you. <laughs> we when I showed that to friend of the show, Jesse Vitelli, he, he legit asked me uh, how he could vote in future votes and how he could get more people into the Patreon <laughs> to change the votes. <laughs> <laughs> like he was he was a step away from demanding a recount touching um, baby it was it was very fun but yeah adachi apparently y'all are just big fans of adachi so if you want to stop the adachi freaks like beware the slimes in chat uh you gotta get in there you gotta vote so that's running on the patreon and on discord right now also our valkyrie profile pantheon which is 
well timed as always yeah. we always manage yeah. to do this somehow uh our pantheon is still underway uh so if you want to keep up with those playing if you want to hang out and and play some valkyrie profile yourself to get ready for what looks like a very bizarre square enix game coming up uh you can head over to the monthly game club channel and check that out we've also got dedicated channels for elden ring and triangle strategy so if you want to see that stuff and you're a free listener you can always sub to the patreon and get into the discord where we we're talking about that stuff constantly uh Let's, let's talk a little bit about what we're playing this week because uh, it looks like we've got some overlap here. So I'll start with you, Nadia. Well, what are you playing this week? Uh, I've kind of become really obsessed with Elden Ring. Uh, that's the main thing. Um, Hell yeah. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's got its hooks into me because I haven't even beaten the second boss yet. I got to Stormvale Castle and I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? Screw this place. And I took off. Mm-hmm. So I've done everything except go to that stupid castle and Eat Godfrey the the whatever the hell he is the the dude Gilbert Godfrey stuff. yeah Gilbert Godfrey you know what I hate I hate the tarnished <laughs> yes. tarnished tarnished I can't do a good Gilbert I'm really sorry no on one it. can but like you can hear the Gilbert Godfrey in your head and that's the important part yeah him and Lewis Black always live in my head like uh, <laughs> I just remember Lewis Black saying sounds great just one question what the hell is Halo three so it was this whole bit about like a commercial I don't know but. I just love that line anyway yeah it's really good it's just here's the thing about Elden Ring people say you know it's not really easier than a lot of Soulsborne's game and it's really not what really makes it different is that when you're in the open areas you can cheese the hell out of the game you can take your Mm -hmm. horse you can Mm -hmm. be an asshole you know what the game's an asshole to you you'll be an asshole right back to it don't 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 people be like oh get good get good no this game will, will will like stab you in the back if it has half a chance. So you go mm-hmm. ahead and you stab mm-hmm. it in the back. Like today, I was in mm-hmm. one of the crystal mines. I can't remember which one. And uh, the, they had like this crystal chick throwing these discuses at me. And I was like, you know what? And I pinned her against the wall. Bam, bam, bam. Just with my with my uh, mace. And I have my my wolves who are like rah, 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 and just like <laughs> chewing her up. And she was trying to get up. Like I I, I can do this, but no, bam, just one one parry after another i don't even know how i parried i just did it so i have absolutely no guilt about the fact that i curb stomped her because she would have done the same to me if she'd have a chance somehow curb stomped me with those disc things that she has so i'm just having a lot of fun wild moments like that um i love the twin blade it's uh probably my favorite mm-hmm. weapon mm-hmm. so far i actually have been trying the wolverine claws um not a huge fan yet i might get used to it I, you're not a I'm fan i'm telling Eric? you the, the way of Wolverine is the way forward in this game. It is mm. Wolverine Jesus protects all in the lands between, and you will eventually see the light. So I you just have, need to get there. I have one claw. Where do you get the second one? Confused the heck out of me for the longest time because I was standing there with one claw, and I saw the other claw on the hip, and I was like, why am I not? You have to two-hand it. Oh, and then, for God's <laughs> sake. Yeah, so had, yeah. And then your character time. is like, oh, now I can use the other claw. And I, it's like the... Yeah. It's like dorothy and the ruby shoes oh you could get you could have gotten mm-hmm. home the whole time mm-hmm. yeah okay so that's my stupid fault so yeah i'm just really enjoying it when i'm not playing that i'm playing uh triangle strategy and that's also a really good game i thought okay everyone's saying it's chatty maybe the story's not good but it looks like fun to play i'll give it a try i actually like the story i think yes it's chatty but i first thing first i turned off the voice acting for english because it's terrible and mm-hmm kind of painful to read when it's like that but in japanese it's fine i can follow along a lot better and yeah i like the story i think it's moving at a good pace there's a lot of it but 
the fight scenes when you get to them are really, really meaty. So I don't really feel like I'm getting deprived of one thing or the other. It's a good game. Yeah, I so I went through my big binge of finishing Triangle Strategy this week because uh, my review just went up on Destructoid. And uh, I do ultimately think the narrative is good. I just also think that it badly needed an editor, like someone to step mm. in and be like, this scene can be 14 lines shorter. You know, like <laughs> you are saying the same thing over and over again. You are repeating the same set of information. And there are multiple points uh, early on. I think it like shows its face a little bit and then retreats because stuff starts happening and obviously like events start unfolding. But there are points in the middle of that game and even near the end where you are trying to like move between very urgent events. And then the game's like, Hey, here's three other green dot side stories to explore. And here's five character side stories that are all of varying quality. Like some are (laughs) very, very good. And some are very not. And it just kind of bounces all over the place. And it is a bummer because I do think that if that narrative was tighter, this would be, an easy bet for just an instant classic because I think the combat in triangle strategy, absolutely incredible. Oh, it's excellent. Like some of the best tactics I've played in a while, even compared to fire emblem three houses, even compared to most tactics games I've played in the last five years, this is tops. This is very, very, very good. Uh, some of the late game stages where they start to introduce more mechanics and there, there's a whole one. This isn't a spoiler because it was in the trailers and all that, but they have a, a level that they reuse a couple times, but you, you have mine carts that you can like call uh, to different stations. And when they roll along, they'll hit enemies and do yes. damage to them. And then you can get in the mine carts and ride them to the other stations to move around and stuff. And it just feels so inventive, so fun. The magic system's great. I love the like electricity carries through water. So there was a level yeah. where there's like water everywhere. And I started just shocking it and taking out huge batches of enemies because they were all standing in the water. And uh, it's it's a really, really smart game that I do just wish the narrative was tighter on. Um, that being said, it is like a must buy, I think, for tactics mm-hmm. heads. So that that is out there um how far are you in triangle strategy uh i'm not too far uh there was the big twist that happens near the beginning of the game that i'm still kind of working (laughs) through and trying (laughs) to get through that that's where i am so it's chapter Mm. seven or something oh okay it's pretty early you're past the demo well you're kind of in the the first demo content but you're like past the first demo content yeah yeah yeah, definitely elsewise this week i've been playing a lot of persona 4 arena ultimax which Michael Hyam here has also been playing. Yeah, uh, I've been playing with you as well. Yeah, we we ran some rooms with uh, some friends of the show, uh, Kenneth Shepard, just Vitelli, a few others. Uh, boy, Persona 4 Arena holds up. <laughs> yeah, it sure does. I mean, it's Arxis anime fighting game, so it's mm-hmm. a pretty sure bet that it's going to it'll hold up uh, over the years. Michael, what, what was kind of your history with with persona 4 arena and i guess with persona in general because that plays a big yeah. factor into it too right yeah uh, we actually talked a lot about this in the persona 5 mm-hmm. uh what is it what is it? the pantheon episode the pantheon. Of persona yeah, 5. yeah that was yeah. a great episode yeah that was that was hella fun plug plug, uh, plug. so yeah uh which was a ton of fun uh but to kind of condense that is uh i got into persona through persona 5 when it that year in 2017 was 
wild for me because mm-hmm. I, I I played I got Persona I bought a Vita for Persona Four Golden while me I was too. in the middle of five. <laughs> then when Same. I was in the middle of four Golden, I got uh, I pl- started playing Fess and Portable for Persona Three. Wow! At then the I same played time. Uh, I, I I was putting more time into Portable, and then I went back to finish Fest on easy because that game could be pretty cheap at times because I just want to see like the cutscenes and like the, right, the right. traditional route. Uh, and then I played Q that year as well. Uh, and then I also played Persona 4 Arena Ultimax during that year. So 2017, all mm. I fucking did was play a Persona games. Um, <laughs> That's a good way to spend your time. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I've I kind of always been uh, in and around the, the FGC and mm-hmm. uh, the fact that uh, I like I put a lot of time into because I was like, holy shit, I can't believe that Persona is also a fighting game. Uh, and like a really uh, it's a, a well thought out story, I would say, for both Arena and Arena Ultimax. And uh, some of the the extra characters that they add to, to that story are legitimately cool as fuck. We we're talking about Labrys earlier, who's mm-hmm. uh, an anime robot girl from Brooklyn. Uh, incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I have uh, like I played a lot back then. And then that's when I started to like get back into uh, fighting games big time so not only did persona like get me back into kind of a lot of rpgs that uh, passed me by over the years leading up to that but also got back into fighting games so i started playing a lot of Undernight, started playing a lot of blaze blue mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. blaze blue mm-hmm. cross tag battle came out mm-hmm. the next year which had persona, persona characters and blaze yeah. blue ruby mm-hmm. and Undernight all in one now it has uh senran kagura and uh and uh heart i know from her fighting game oh oh yeah the heart character heart something yeah Um, yeah so uh i've been big into fighting games uh through persona as well so uh coming back to this was uh i was like oh finally i don't have to like bust out my ps3 to play right and i'm i'm hoping this kind of rekindles uh persona 4 arena because it's a solid fighting game like you like you Mm -hmm. said it it holds up because uh, i think arc system works really smart about how they craft their fighting games and to see to or to re-experience just how much of like core persona translates to a f- to fighting game systems uh like all attacks one more follow-ups uh everyone's mm-hmm. move sets mm-hmm. um and just like how how magic abilities are supers and how personas work in that game and like persona breaks it's just like so much intricate fighting game stuff that you recognize from the RPG. It's just uh, really well thought out, really well crafted. And you like, I think about a lot about like grand blue fantasy versus dragon ball fighters, uh, even guilty gear strive. And like those games have better production values. And uh, uh, I say as much in my review on Fanbyte, uh, my or re review, I guess you can call it uh, of, uh, of the game. But um, like a lot of the production values have grown a lot since arena ultimax came out and arena came out and, uh, 2012 2014 or whatever uh but i think like the way it captures the spirit of persona is most important and that still holds up mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. fact that you can now play it on pc ps4 switch which i but i would recommend you play on ps4 because it has a lobby system and it's going to yeah. get rollback yeah. mm-hmm. um, pc version will get rollback but it doesn't have the lobby system switch it's has bizarre. neither yeah. <laughs> which is really <laughs> weird if i can just uh interrupt sorry with a question uh, oh, since you guys are the fighting uh, people what is rollback i hear it all the time but i don't understand what it means mm. so the easy way okay. of describing this is and i'm going to make this complicated don't worry <laughs> <laughs> thank you but 
I mean, when you think about how a fighting game online works, right, is that each person is kind of playing their own version of the game and data is being sent back and forth. So there's a server where one person, say, inputs punch, and then that goes to the server and the server lets the other machine know that you put in punch. So their side of the machine needs to have your character do punch. Right. right? That's the kind of the communication. It's almost like a game of telephone happening. The way the way that works is in a perfect world, both of those instances are perfectly in sync, right? right. So, you, so there's no delay and, and nothing bad happens. But say one person has great internet, one person has bad internet. That's when net code starts to get involved. So with delay-based mm. net code, what happens is the server goes, okay, wait, I've got, I've got the message from player one, but player two haven't gotten their packet yet, haven't got what they're going to do yet. So everybody stop, everybody freeze for a second, Hold on. Okay, I've got it. Now we can go ahead. That's what delay based is. Right. Rollback uses what sounds controversial, but actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's predictive. So ah. safe. Say, for example, a punch takes six frames to start up. Right. That's right. six frames, like roughly uh, one tenth of a second or so to start up. Uh it says that if you have hit punch for the next six frames, you're probably going to be in your punch animation still. So the game until it hears differently is going to assume that you have punched. Uh, so what it does is it rolls with a prediction until it gets an update on what has actually happened. And if, if exactly what happened has happened, then everything's good. Everybody moves along. And if something is different, it refreshes and updates. So mm. you will get in the worst cases a rollback occasions where something happens and somebody kind of like jumps and changes or something. But the big difference and, and why a lot of people like rollback is obviously if you're trying to put it in a combo that has like small frame windows and is very like execution heavy, like most finding games are a delay, something that freezes the game is going to completely throw you off. Right. And like when we were playing in our rooms for persona Four arena, we had some folks who, much love to y'all did not have good internet connections. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah. there was some hitching and some PowerPointing and it got to a point where I couldn't really play the character the way I wanted to play them. I just had to play them the way that would make the most sense for how hitchy and framey it was getting. That's the difference that rollback makes is in that situation, I could still kind of play my game and, if things get weird, things get weird, but it, it actually ends up making it easier for people over long distances to play a game the way they want to play it without the constant hitching and, and right. Interruptions well, that's really, and that's really cool. I mean, I grew up with, inter I, I, for me, like I, I saw online gaming start with X band, mm -hmm. which was over telephone. And you have to wonder how, <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. what the hell that was like. I never tried it myself or like, I, Sega I Channel and stuff SoCon like that. Navy seals. I remember hooking stuff up to, Dial up, to play baby. SoCon. <laughs> that 56 K modem, baby. Did, anyone, did either of you play special subspace? Cause I, I played that on my 56 K and it always got cut. I always got so booted nice. to spectator mode. So I was so slow. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that was just it. a very yeah. simple 2D game that it was a soccer game with spaceships. Mm -hmm. It was kind of mm -hmm. like uh, Rocket uh, League before Rocket League. Mm. Oh, sick. Uh, but yeah, uh, rollback is going to come to uh, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax on PS4 and PC in mm. the summertime. Mm -hmm. And I, I really hope I said this in my reviews that I hope it's not too little too late. Like they release the game. Right, right. And then people are kind of like, cool, but whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. And then it's like, hey, we have rollback. It's. I hope people haven't like moved on uh, from then. And I hope it kind of picks up a scene for a little while at least. 
because I do want to I do want to see a rev- uh, a reviving of this game. I, I love mm-hmm. this game a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played through the story stuff again. I was like, oh, I remembered why I love this game. In addition to it being a really good Arxis 2D anime fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, wow, uh, like I'm really into Ender Knight. I'm really into uh, Blaze Blue. Uh, but Persona has that that special charm, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, f- I feel more inclined to spend the time to learn this game and to get competitive about it. Uh, so I just I just hope it's not too little too late. Uh, I was hoping uh, well, we'll talk about the Evo lineup later, but I was hoping mm-hmm. it would get onto the lineup. And I was like, damn, I hate to see it, but it's all good. They'll have we'll have side tournaments. Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, it's uh, I think the last thing I'll say is that I, I find Arena Ultimax special because you this is like the only instance you see uh, one of the Persona cast actually grown up like mm-hmm. Persona oh, really? 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Persona 3 characters, because this takes place uh, like, uh, or at least, yeah, Arena and Reno Ultimax take place a little bit after 4 finished. Mm-hmm. So, and then they have, of course, they, they get the Persona 3 characters involved, but it's uh, there's like a, a three-year gap between what happens in 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. So when the three cast comes in, it's like Akiko is super muscly and is, has uh, facial hair and he's, uh, mm-hmm. he's they all have jobs and then Junpei has facial hair and he's a little league baseball coach. And then Mitsuru is mm-hmm. like girl <laughs> boss ready. CEO, like for real, mm-hmm. for real. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone looks different. Everyone uh, <laughs> acts a little bit different. And it just, I don't know. I, I think that especially when like, I love persona very much, but it is kind of a bummer that it's always locked into this mode of high school. Right. And that's yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Um, but I would also like to see it go beyond that. And I think that's one of the things I like about Strikers is how it incorporates Zenkichi as an adult. Uh, but mm-hmm. then you have Persona 3, like the whole cast is aged. They're older and it's like uh, they take on a different tone. They have a different aura about them, but it's still like true and honest to who they were in Persona 3. Uh, and also like just Persona 3 is, I think, uh, one of the best representations of the series. So just having that all that combined, uh, with Arena Ultimax is like, you know what, this, this, this game is, it's something special. Um, and then, of course, the crossover stuff when uh, Chie and Akihiko meet up and they're both like, yo, protein, steak, punching people. Yo, let's go. Uh, like, protein, those steak, moments are really, <laughs> like that, those moments are really cool. So I don't know. I just think uh-huh. as a whole package, especially for folks who and I say this from my view, like keep plugging that shit. You know what I'm saying? I got to get them page views. But um, <laughs> the, yes. there's a there's a lot of people, including myself, there's a lot of people who got into Persona through five. And at that point, like who was still there? Not many people were still had their PS threes around if they had. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for a long time, that was the only way that you can play arena Ultimax is if you had a PS three. So a lot of the folks who got into the series more recently uh, now have better access to uh, what I think is a really important game in the context of the franchise of the persona mm-hmm. franchise. Uh, so like that angle of like access and preservation, I think is really important because I do think this game is pretty, pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah. I came into it as mostly a newcomer because I played some arena in like college dorm rooms and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. but like not much to like ever speak to it. I never owned it myself. And uh, I played a bunch of Blasby cross tag. So I got some of the characters from cross tag, but this was like my first time really engaging with the full systems of what these characters had, the persona stuff and all that. Um, it's really cool that this is available again. And even though there are like some quality of life features missing, I think if you are a modern fighting game fan or you like, you, maybe you started playing fighting games because of strive, you're going to go into this game and be like, 
where are all the missions and content and stuff that's going to teach me how to play this game? There was stuff I was having to Google and wiki about characters yeah. like, mm-hmm. oh, Yukari's arrows get homing if they pass through her wind spells and stuff like that. I had no idea. The game never tells you that. It's just something you have to learn by Googling it. And yeah. uh, that still exists. But even then, once it gets rollback, that's the big asterisk. But I think once it gets that, this is going to be a good preservation of a game that I definitely think has value both as, like you said, a sequel to an RPG and as an entry in Arxis, you know, fighting game career, fighting game profile. Uh, and also, like, I don't know. I think the sprite works cool. I kind of miss that look. And, you know, yeah, I know we're all in like definitely. the 3D era, but I was thinking about it because KOF just came out and yeah. KOF doesn't look bad by any stretch of the imagination. I think it looks good. I think it looks better than 14. And I didn't think 14 looked very good, but I think 15 looks good. But especially with the the reveal of Street Fighter 6 and, you know, they're obviously keeping it 3D and all that. I was sitting there like, I miss sprite work in fighting yeah. games. There's something about how detailed and crisp these characters are that, yeah, they For obviously sure. look old, but they don't look like aggressively old. They, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't yeah. they don't look That's weird me. in the like, like if you play Tekken on the PS1, you're like, oh, you know, Tekken's still a good game, but these characters don't look great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whereas like you play third strike and third strike still looks fantastic. Yeah. Sprite yeah. Work yeah, ages yeah. Much, much yeah. better. It yeah. does. For sure. Uh, so yeah. Sprite work, you know, that's, that's the theme connecting triangle strategy to persona Four arena. Ultimax is sprite work. Let's get the HD 2d fighting games out there. Hell that yeah. would uh, be uh, interesting. That would be sick. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm putting it out there. Um, Michael, you've got something else on your, what you've been playing (laughs) that I really want to talk about. So tell me about guys being dudes, the RPG. (laughs) Oh my God. The the male, the the final male fantasy, uh, dog, dog, stranger in goddamn paradise, final fucking fantasy origin, baby. (laughs) This is dog. This game is, this game is different. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think that uh, a lot of folks kind of saw the reveal of it and was like, yo, what the fuck are they doing? Mm-hmm, uh, and mm-hmm. I was, you know, I think I, I think everyone was like, what yeah. the hell is like chaos? Like it's so it looked so, so dumb uh, off the bat that you were kind of thinking that they're going for this. It's so bad. It's good kind of vibe. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. That is exactly what they're doing. And you know what? They're doing it well. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I am super into this game. Uh, of course, it's not going to like, you know, I, I come to Final Fantasy for kind of the 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 big narrative stuff like, oh, get me in my feelings. Tell me uh, tell me such a, a fantastical story where I fall in love with characters and I feel bad about different tragedies that happen in that world. Um, and I think look, Final Fantasy 14 is my favorite game of all time because of those things. Right. And so it, it is kind of. Uh, it is a little odd to kind of readjust yourself and think can you hear like the crystal prelude playing in the different sounds and stuff it's like oh this yeah that's this is a final fantasy game and you're just listening to jack chaos talk about how he wants to kill chaos next to next to purple prompto uh who's purple like prompto. yeah dude we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kill chaos and then ash is like yeah man we're gonna fucking kill chaos bro and then the king is sitting there like the history of chaos may not be what you think it is. And Jack's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm killing chaos. <laughs> and everyone's just like, uh, 
all right, man, go to the Chaos Shrine. Do whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, so Team Ninja is developed de- develop this game who have made Neo. So if you think about it, it, it plays like a, a, a merger between Seven Remake and Neo 2. And mm-hmm. that sounds great on paper. And it actually plays out pretty well, too, in the game. Uh, I think some of the enemy design might not be the best. Uh, I think some of that, like the boss fight in that demo is like pretty kind con- pretty fucking annoying and it made me think about like why elden ring boss fights are so good is because of the way it does telegraphing attacks right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't i don't think uh at least for that boss fight in stranger in paradise i didn't think the telegraphing was that well uh kind of that well presented in that fight so there's like a lot mm. of cheap tricks i had to like work around uh, mm. but it was fun it was fine uh, after like 10 tries i was like okay i i get it i know how to mm-hmm. how to navigate mm-hmm. this thing but uh so gameplay wise it's solid and i hope it can uh hang on to that for uh, the entirety of the game because it is structured a lot like if you ever played neo uh it's uh structured kind of like that but just that that a- this attitude because a lot of people look at the it, it's it's a clear divide like everyone is mm-hmm. showing clips on twitter and half the people are like yo this is the funniest shit i've ever seen i am this is a day one purchase and the other people are like yo this is so jank i cannot believe that square enix is putting this out uh of course i'm in the other camp of like no 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 no. trust me they need to go all they need to commit to it it seems like they're very much committing to it because otherwise Mm -hmm. it won't work right if you only like Mm -hmm. take a half step into this like big dumb bullshit then (laughs) it's not gonna land right so it's just like fucking whatever just god that clip that clip i shared where you you pull up to the end and the dude's just like hey they paid for a room you did great work over the shrine you need to relax so uh you you ready to go up to your room and then jack's like He's like, all right, I'm ho- I, ho- I was glad you said that. Come, come on up. Like, what? The- he just grunts at people. And, like, the princess is like, hey, Jack, hey, Jack, hey, Jack. Oh, my God, you're going to the Chaos Shrine. Can you look out for my friend? I really hope they're okay. And Jack's like, whatever. Fine, I'll look for them. And, like, there's this, like, there's this, this, this strong aura about Jack Chaos that just pulls you in. Like, he's mm-hmm. so mysterious. Mm-hmm. He's such an asshole. Uh, but he just kind of. I don't know. It, it's so intriguing. There's something beneath it. There's something in there. Yes. My favorite thing was when the whole thing was first revealed and everyone had no idea what was going on. They were just slandering this Jack guy. And someone took the trailer and every time Jack said chaos, they would speed it up by 50%. And by the end, it was just... Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You, you should play this demo. So I, wanna, I, I almost want to do... A- I always want to do a do a supercut of every time they like they honestly that it that game is written like it and I said as much as like what you see is what you get like that is yeah, the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I'm not sure if it's going to because I only have the demo. I've been playing the full game. I have not been playing the full game. Um, okay. I hope that that it can. I'm not sure if it's going to have that same kind of dumb stupid charm. I don't know if it could sustain that over a long game. I don't know right. how long this mm-hmm. game is. Um, so if by hour 30, if it you, it gets to that point, I'm like, all right, we're talking about chaos again, like whatever. Um, maybe that 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 charm might fall off. But for now, I'm I'm like, I need to see what this game is like, what the hell they're doing. Like, how the hell does this conclude? Like, um, and I, I it's not a spoiler because Square Enix like got in front of it and said, yeah, this is a, a like a retelling of Final Fantasy one. Right. And Jack mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Garland, all this other stuff. And it's like, oh, OK, cool, cool. Uh, I want to see how that all comes together because on its face, it just looks like dude bros, the game. And it's just like written by, uh, I don't know, like fourth graders or some shit. I, I don't, I don't mean that. By me in, in like grade 11. 
but uh, yeah, I was like, I, I don't want to like say that as like a, a like a negative because no, I do no. think it works. Uh, no, it I do does. think it works. It's just I'm I'm all in on this. Whether whether or not I like I love it by the end of it is another question. But for now, like they got me. Does it feel like this is what Final Fantasy 15 should have been? Because part of me does almost feel that way. We're like 15 had some bromance in it, but I didn't feel it went. I don't I don't know if it went fast and furious enough for me. Oh, okay, I, don't yeah. it, I don't know if it <laughs> no. got to that point enough. I do think I, I like 15's bromance just fine, but I do think it could have gone farther. And so I'm curious if this is like the weird turnaround. Maybe this is what gets <laughs> yeah. people to go back and say, actually, Final Fantasy 15 was a good video game. <laughs> I'm sorry. Final <laughs> Fantasy has a scene where I was just running alongside doing whatever. And and who was it? Ignis, of course, started hassling noctis about a loose button on his jacket mm-hmm. and he's like mm-hmm. sew up the button mm-hmm. noctis sew up the button and they're they're like on their way to kill a monster and noctis mm-hmm. is like you know oh, whatever i don't care i don't care and ignis is finally just like fine i'll do it myself and it's just mm-hmm. that that was perfect i love their relationship so much especially i didn't know until recently very recently that prompto good old prompto has a patch on his jacket and you can't really see what it says but if you zoom in it says, what a beautiful day. Watch some bastard fuck it all up. And that is there. Oh, shit, he's wearing really? that. that. <laughs> if you look that up, it's there. And I'm like, that's oh, man. something Prompto would wear, but I like it very much. Prompto? <laughs> oh, I, I, I like 15. I think that there's a lot of things they could have done a lot better with 15. Absolutely. Even like mm-hmm. po- all, mm-hmm. like po- all the post uh, release stuff uh, like they did to it was good, uh, but I don't think it solved a lot of the core problems I had with 15. That said, I, I do like the conceptually i think 15 is great um Mm -hmm. just like off the bat these are the four people you're going to be playing with throughout the entire thing Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. and you're going to see their friendship kind of like i I have a problem with noctis is uh his he he's he's very much that that rpg protagonist who is indifferent to most things and i I like i like i really like it when uh rpgs give their main protagonists a lot more personality and i think like y'all mentioned estelle from trails is one Mm -hmm. great example the uh, female protagonist for persona 3 portable is another great example Mm -hmm. Mm um maybe they just they should i mean honestly like i think that they should be putting more more women in the front of rpgs as well yeah of uh, course because and but like if if you're going to go for this this bro trip uh mm-hmm. thing with 15 it's like there there are aspects that you can give a little bit more emotion to uh and uh, but i think it does come around at the end like uh, towards the end like i was i was a mess uh mm-hmm. by yeah. by the time i finished that game and i think it's oh, like you know yeah, what they they yeah. still made they still made good on the promise of 15 i think mm-hmm. um so well i don't know uh, i i i i think that like I, like I said earlier, like the reasons why uh, Stranger in Paradise works for me for now is because how it just drops all of that, like fuck fuck all that all those feelings. Like go go play go play Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen. If you want feelings, you can play fourteen. You can play fifteen. You oh, can no. play thirteen. Oh, no. uh, here, this is fucking this is Fast and Furious Final Fantasy Edition, baby. <laughs> like, I, don't know. I like how everyone assumed like okay, this has got to be an Isekai because he's playing Limp Biscuit in the middle of wherever the hell he is. Nope, just. No, 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 he's he's just he's there. guy guy being dude, not from another world, just dude in this world. What's better? You know, than it's this? all OK. The, the funniest shit to me is just like 
seeing them in regular clothes in the king, like in, mm-hmm. in the king's mm-hmm. throne room, mm-hmm. like damn, y'all look fucked up. Y'all look like you just hopped out of bed. <laughs> and y'all like y'all were out late last night, just rolling straight up to out the wa- Denny's. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yo, this is like Waffle House edition. Like this, this isn't Waffle bro, House. You're, <laughs> you can have a grand like, slam. Are- <laughs> no, you got to save the world. I, I really want a grand slam. It's like fine. <laughs> I, I I would suggest folks folks try the demo first. See mm-hmm. if you vibe with it because like obviously not everyone's gonna vibe with it, but if you do, ooh-wee. there's mm-hmm. a, a interesting comment in the chat about how they hope that they don't uh, explain the clothes and why they're wearing future clothes. If it's not even isekai. It actually reminds me of I don't know if either of you watched or read Mushishi, but it's one of my favorite mangas of all time. And it's mm-hmm. about a uh, kind of a traveling doctor, spiritual doctor who wanders through feudal Japan, but he's wearing normal clothes. And the reason why that happens is because the artist started him off as a modern character and just never changed his clothes. And I, I just <laughs> like the aesthetic because he never it's wanted dumb, to change it. It's, it's, yeah. I just think it makes the characters stand out. And it's like one of those mysteries where you can explain it, but why? Why? Just mm-hmm. think of something yourself. I think Nomura or someone on, on, uh, on the design team had mentioned that they're like, like, yeah, we just wanted to make them stand out. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, all, they all stand right. Out. Like, if that, <laughs> they sure do. They should be wearing like a tragically hip shirt or something. <laughs> oh, it's uh, it's great. It's great. I'm, I'm I'm in love with this game, but we'll mm-hmm. see if it see if it can hold up. I hope it well, does. You'll I be really able do. to see. You'll be able to see that because there is a demo and that was announced as part of the Sony state of play that happened. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, a series of random encounters. Nintendo delays Advance Wars reboot camp in light of recent world events. Advance Wars once again falls victim to world ongoing events the second time this has happened this year. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't yeah. have the best luck with that because uh, just to refresh everyone's memories, it came out what, September 10th? 2001 September 10th in the US and then it was going to come out after that in other regions and they delayed it because of what happened in on September 11th yeah Uh, the final stranger paradise demo is out now I believe progress carries over from the demo if you're interested in that uh f-zero x is the next nso expansion pack game it's out today as of recording this uh so there is f-zero coming out of nintendo after all Warcraft is gearing up for a bunch of reveals at some points, uh, including the next expansion for World of Warcraft. Uh, Forspoken has been delayed to October. I got to say, I'm honestly not too surprised by this. Yeah. It seems like coming out of those previews, people were definitely saying it looks good, but looks a little rough. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, um, it actually looks really good, but I'm worried it's going to be one of those games where the character quips through the whole thing and not in the mm-hmm. fun Jack chaos way, just in the I always have a smarmy remark for everything way. And I hope that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Super Nintendo World opens in Hollywood Universal next year. We'll finally be able to live with Mario and forsake God. real life. Oh God, we can we oh, can all no. like huddle under Mario as the bombs mm-hmm. fall. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I'll be when they drop is the warp pipe in Super <laughs> Nintendo <warp> World. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, dinner, dinner, let's dinner. just make that the title of the podcast episode. I'll be in the warp pipe when the bombs drop. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Sony state of play happened. It's the first real state of play of this year, in my opinion. I don't think the Gran Turismo Power Hour counts. No, that didn't do anything uh, for me. Hey, have some respect for Gran Turismo. I was talking with some friends about this recently, but there are, there are screenshots of Gran Turismo 7 out there that make it look like one of the, the story sections look like something from one of the 
asset flip unity games because it just has a weird Mm -hmm. image of someone like a stock photo and then being like your car is really cool (laughs) i think i think that was i did share that and i kind of went around yeah i've been playing i've been playing a lot of grand turismo 7 i love that game uh if you want to if you want to hear me talk about it more y'all can check out uh, thanks for the knowledge on Mm -hmm. Uh, fanbyte.com a podcast where me and paul tamayo gush about cars and grand turismo 7 paul yeah this is here's the Real quick, here's the thing about games in this past month is that that shit is legitimately funny. Like, Gran Turismo mm-hmm. 7 has some of the funniest fucking moments I've experienced in a game in a while. Uh, compare, uh, like, combine that with fucking Jack Chaos mm-hmm. uh, in uh, Stranger in Paradise. And, uh, like, I don't I, I I still think, like, Labyrinth is funny as fuck in Persona oh, 4, you yeah. know, Ultimax. Yeah. It's just, like, time after time, we're getting, like, games that are le- legitimately making me laugh out loud, like. That shit is so funny. Goddamn. But Gran Turismo 7 is great. <laughs> Gran Turismo 7 for people who like comedy and also like cars. Yeah. Uh, so this this state of play, they came out ahead of time and said, hey, it's going to be very much about our Japanese publishers or Japanese publishing partners. Uh, I feel like instantly that set off the alarm bells for everybody to start speculating that this was final fantasy 16 time this was resident evil 4 remake time that this was everything of their dreams time uh what we got was very square enix focused was very capcom focused but we kind of had the monkey's paw curl a little bit on this one because uh, Capcom revealed Exo Primal, which everyone thought was Dino Crisis for a yeah. hot second, and uh, turned out to be Anthem with dinosaurs. Like Anthem meets EDF is my best uh, approximation of what that game looks like. Uh, Square Enix reveals two new games. Uh, the first one is The Dio Field Chronicle, a real time tactical RPG that I'm personally interested in, but also I'm sitting here like, why can't you just name this? a normal name i don't I even think triangle strategy is like, a bad name i don't think triangle strategy is a bad name but the dio field chronicle is maybe one of the worst video game names i've ever seen in because my you life. think of dio from jojo like uh it was everyone's making you it was Final fantasy tactics it was me dio like <laughs> yes it's just the meme started immediately when i hear dio i think of jojo and not even a jojo fan like you know i haven't watched it yet and i'm sure i will get to it but Everyone knows it's me, Dio. You think Dio, you think of that asshole. And now they named their game after it. And people talking Dio Field Chronicle, they think, oh, is that like part of a new JoJo fighting game, which was also revealed. So what a confusing title. Finally, they made a tactics game about the music of the band Dio. <laughs> it's <laughs> what we've been waiting for all along. Dio, uh, can you hear me? I'm lost and so alone. Then Valkyrie Elysium got revealed. A new Valkyrie profile game that strangely enough looks a lot like near in gameplay uh it like does, i was getting really really heavy near vibes from the way that character moved and attacked and stuff it is an action rpg uh so valkyrie profiles back i did cat is not here but cat did submit a statement on the matter <laughs> um of course one cat bailey reports in um <clears throat> 
I've been waiting for a new Valkyrie profile for better than 10 years now, knowing that whatever Square Enix made would probably be a letdown. The development (laughs) studio's pedigree leaves me feeling skeptical. The truth is that the original game was one of a kind, and it's hard to imagine Elysium capturing that magic again. That said, I'm happy that Motoi Sakuraba is back doing the music, and I'm hopeful that a successful entry will spur a wider release of the original game on console. We'll see. I choose optimism. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, as well. Cat what sums are you it do? up well. Yeah, um, I like the world of Valkyrie Profile a lot. I like Valkyrie Profile a lot, but I was looking at this thing, the graphical style, the way it's designed, and just going like, Square, come on. Kyle Bossman on his recent show, uh, Kyle Bossman pointed out that there's a scene where one of the characters is kneeling and her hair is going nuts. And this isn't a this isn't mm-hmm. a trailer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. come on, guys. Yeah, the he, <laughs> like the thing, the thing for me about uh, the Valkyrie Elysium thing is like, if it's your first impression, like you have like you have to go hard. You have to like you show do. what this game is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it like you could have shown me this. I have no fucking idea like what this game is or what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, lo- it looks like a character action thing, but it's missing. Like there's. <laughs> like valkyrie profile is such a cool has such a cool history mm-hmm. uh and like that that like that combat system was part of its legacy right. and like you put a valkyrie new valkyrie game out and, and it's it doesn't look like anything particularly fascinating or uh, i don't know i, I want to reserve judgment but you know when i look at 3d action games and it doesn't necessarily have its personality bursting out there i'm going to be thinking about like babylon's fall dog like yeah, I think that's gonna, that's oh, going to yeah. be sticking in my consciousness for a very long time. I now. forgot like, about oh, that already. Shit. Like Square Enix is putting out another character action game. Like, oh no, oh no, um, which is uh, which is sad. You hate to see it, but I mean, whatever. Like, I I think Square Enix is in a really weird position in terms of like the games they're putting out. Uh, but I don't know. I don't I don't have the most faith in anything that's outside of. Uh, 14 when it comes to scoring next, right. but yeah, yeah, you, know you never know what you're getting these days. I mean, you mm-hmm. all heard about yeah. the Chocobo GP thing, so god, there you go. yeah, yeah, Chocobo so. GP sounds like it's an okay kart racer with a really bonkers, weird monetization model. Um, for a full price game, was it, Square was the one that put out the Quiet Man, right? Like, yes. this oh, is sure the company were. we're talking about, like, they there's sure did. in 2018, Quiet mm-hmm. Man, 2019, mm-hmm. Left Alive. Uh, mm-hmm. 2020, uh, or was was that 2020? The 2020, the, uh, there was another. Oh, uh, what was uh? Was it Ballon Wonder? Left alive. Ballon Wonder, Ballon's Wonderland. Was it, was Ballon? That was last. That was one? last year. Oh, was that? Last that was Square. Yeah, they got the Final Fantasy 14 team, or whoever does the cinemas for Final Fantasy 14, to do the cinemas for that game, and so sure. such a beautiful cinemas <laughs> oh, for such a yeah. baffling, baffling game. Oh no! I mean, those those haunting dances certainly were beautifully choreographed. They were something. Um, yeah, and and then they even have one coming out soon that I've been keeping an eye on. That's like an FMV mystery detective game, and I only look at that because I like detective games. I like FMV games, and I also like uh, looking at games that look terrible. And so that you uh, checks grown up in all the nineties. You missed me. out on the Sega CD era. Oh, I know. I know I did. I yeah, I grew up at a weird time, but uh, it's I I will say Dio Field looks cool. I'm less excited about it now that I know that 
apparently Lancars is uh, helping with the development. Lancars worked on Monarch, which as we have gone over on this podcast, Monarch mm-hmm. broke me. So uh, oh, right. I'm yeah. <laughs> not eager to go back to that stuff. But he, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. This was just not the state of play didn't hit for me. The state of play didn't do much. The for state me. of play felt like a lot of almost like we thought, oh, my God, new Final Fantasy Tactics. No, it's uh, it was me, Dio. Uh, new new Valkyrie Chronicles. Uh, pro- uh, sorry, new Valkyrie profile. No, it's whatever this is. It's it's just kind of like, oh, and of course, Donna Crisis. No, it's actually a multiplayer game five on five. It's yeah. not what anyone wants. But you have dinosaurs raining from the sky and you're making us play it. Some boring ass multiplayer. Like, come on. You could make I, a story I, out of listen. this. Uh, who knows? Maybe it'll be fire. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it'll be uh, fire. Who knows? Yeah. But like mm-hmm. one more thing about uh, Valkyria, Valkyria Con as well. You, you got that cut, stuck in my head, Nadia. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Valkyria Elysium is like, I think the character models, at least for the main character, it looks so weird. Like there's mm-hmm. something just mm-hmm. really off-putting yeah, about yeah. The, the way those characters look and move. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. And God. Like we just passed the five year anniversary of Near Automata, and it's like one of the most incredibly crafted mm-hmm. games, platinum games, Square Enix, match mm-hmm. made in heaven, right? They put out one of the greatest games of all time uh, in Near Automata, Babylon's Fall, and then we're, like we're, like this, and then Valkyrie Elysium, and all this other stuff. Like, I don't know, man. I don't. I. I have feelings about the direction of a lot of these things, but you know what? Can't say anything for sure quite yet. That's true. Um, shout outs to chat who is letting me know that yes, they have been able to hear my cat off in the distance <laughs> complaining about his imprisonment right now. Oh, he's um, locked in the bathroom. He's being bad. Yeah. Well, so the thing is it would be like 20 times worse if he was out here. So I can't, I can't free the cat. Y'all have not seen what Poe looks like when he is determined. Maybe for the Poe show. Maybe Poe show, I'll go and let the cat out. Free but, the cat. Poe show. Yeah, the Poeist oh, show. Poe show. <laughs> yeah. Post Poe show. Uh, yeah. Oh. Like, I'm interested in Diofield Chronicles. Uh, I, I do think the TMNT collection is cool. Oh, that's great. That's amazing. But it, it's just really difficult to look at the state of play. And I mean, Sony state of plays, I think historically have been like, here's one full of bangers. Here's like everything that Sony's working on. Here's like God of war and stuff like that. And then here's one that it feels like we had a lot of marketing obligations to fulfill. Like we had told square Enix a while ago that we would support their game with marketing. And so we're putting it in a state of play and that, contractually fulfills this and that's kind of what it feels like is like we're fulfilling the thing that we need to do for everyone to be happy definitely doesn't have the same energy and setup as a nintendo direct they have a lot they can learn from a nintendo direct and i feel like they take some Mm -hmm. of it Mm -hmm. but not all of it like nintendo direct i don't know if you've noticed but it's bang 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 they don't sit there and have demos go Mm -hmm. on for minutes at a time it's just here's what's coming and great let's move on to the next thing and now we end with a real banger and this no wonder everyone looks super, super forward to Nintendo Directs. Like, there are cultural events mm-hmm. now. They have someone like, and I've noticed that Sony has tried doing this, but I like when, you know, Nintendo announced Live Alive. And, you know, they did the trailer and they showed it off. is maybe like 30 seconds long. And then someone comes on and says, the RPG classic that never came to Western Shores is finally here. Live Alive is getting an HD 2D remake coming this 
whatever i forgot what month it is to the yeah, nintendo switch uh and like they get you a lot of information like they deliver very quickly here's what a thing mm-hmm. is and why you should care if you don't know what it is i don't feel like sony does that i feel like they were just like yeah, yeah capcom dinosaurs hell yeah next game (laughs) (laughs) um like and you're still just sitting there like reeling from the fact that you saw like a giant hole in the sky dumping raptors out onto the streets below and you're like no no more more context what just happened what do you mean dinosaurs it's it's very weird because i do think exoprimal looks kind of fun and goofy i do think it kind of looks like a game that i'd rather play on game pass than than the pickup for like 60 dollars. but i am just tired of dinosaurs without feathers i'm just saying i'm anti-naked dinosaur and those were naked oh, you, ass you dinosaurs. want feathered dinosaurs bare yeah. as the yeah. day they were hatched or born mm-hmm. i suppose i don't know but yeah let's be scientific about this people there's dinosaurs coming from the sky we need to we need to adapt the science here we do need to adapt what does need to adapt as well to modern changing times is the evo fighting game tournament series uh which is now finally back in person this year at mandalay bay in las vegas uh evo came out and announced their lineup for the year also confirming that they're still in person they're still holding an in-person events uh bigger than ever before uh from what they've been saying they have water stations this year which is going to be great water stations and water bottles so if you've been to they evo you know that's didn't a big have deal that before. yeah that that's is a, that is a big deal yeah that's a big thing uh, to leave out yeah, you used to have to the last time I was in 2017, 20, no, 2018. But I remember having to leave the convention floor if I wanted to get water. And that was That's rough. That was a whole thing. That's very rough. Um, so anyways, first things first, the lineup, uh, some expected entrance, I would say, and some non-expected entrance. We got Street Fighter 5, Tekken 7, Guilty Gear Strive, Mortal Kombat 11, Melty Blood, Type Illumina, Hell King yeah. of Fighters 15, Dragon Ball Fighters, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, and Skullgirls. Uh, right off the bat, I mean, huge surprises. Big, big shouts out to Melty Blood getting some respect, finally. It has been a long time coming. Melty Blood has often been the butt of jokes in the fighting game community for the way that they had to play their games in bathrooms. Nope. <laughs> um, Taco Bell parking lots. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing a whole aspect of the community here that I, I was not informed about. There was there are like famous pictures of Melty Blood, play, Melty Blood players uh, because the game was fairly niche and uh you had to have like the game downloaded. It wasn't something that was like very widely available and it was very niche interest. Mm-hmm. Basically people would have laptops and they'd hook up fight sticks to it and that's how they play it. So there are images of melty blood players making tournaments happen everywhere. So there are images of them uh, in bathrooms, like with the laptop on the toilet and then the players like sitting on the ground in front of it playing. Oh my gosh. Uh, there's- gracious. A famous one was they held a Melty Blood side tournament outside the tournament venue and they had like trash cans with like a two by four on top. That was kind of like the the desk thing for it to sit on. I love and it. when they did, uh, I think it was either CEO, the anime like CEO Taku or, or Animevo or one of those like the anime focused tournaments. They recreated that setup on the stage to honor. That's <laughs> Melty amazing. Blood's it's roots. History. Good for um, them. But Melty Blood Type Lumina, I've heard incredibly good things about. Um, it's definitely one that's been on my list to check out because I like 
you know, the general Nasu side of things. Um, it's got saber in it. So how can you not want to check that out? But, uh-huh. uh, it's also like finally getting its due for a lot of community people who have been in that game for a while and, and really like it. I know Michael, you, you are also a fan of the niche anime fighter, so you can probably speak to this as well. Yeah. Uh, I think cause uh, like you said, Melty Blood has always been uh, a niche thing. So I'm I'm just like a big fan of something small that I liked a lot to get mm-hmm. its its day, uh, its its day on the center stage. And this happened with uh, Undernight in Evo 2019. So Undernight in Birth, uh, which is which I like I said earlier, I got into because of Blaze Blue Cross Tag is uh like the, I I like the personality and the systems and the mechanics of that game so much, um, and kind of it's it's story about this small developer french bread like uh trying to like make their own game who also have roots in melty blood uh like the lineage is melty blood to undernight uh and when undernight made it to the main stage that year i was i was front row i, I was i was watching and i was like getting hype for all, every single match it's uh like the music the atmosphere of that game is so cool and like melty blood has a lot of that um but even in that moment, I was like, damn, it would be really cool if Melty Blood 1 got a new game mm-hmm. uh, and 2 uh, got the recognition it deserved because I, I really like the systems and mechanics. And a lot of the, the personality is driven through its characters. Like, you can play as maids in this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, even Under I had a guest, has a guest character from Melty Blood, Elton. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, yeah, I, I really hope uh, Melty Blood can g- uh, get on that level because it, it is a legitimately cool game. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a lot of history so when it was announced that like this this is going to be on the main stage like holy shit this is a big deal and like i i talked to uh one of the lead designers the combat designer for undernight who's uh high up at a french bread mm-hmm. uh during evo and i was like yo like how does this feel he's like it was like this is pretty amazing like that th- this thing that we that we felt like only a few people cared about is getting uh getting the main stage mm-hmm. so it's uh it means a lot to them uh, as well, so I hope this kind of shines a light on uh, on Melty Blood as well, because uh, anime fighters, man, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's really cool. I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna enter. Heck probably yeah. going to be Heck this yeah. is the game I play. Uh, like Cross Tag uh, was also in in uh, in 2019 Evo as well, and I watched that. Uh, but like Undernight was like main stage, main stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So that that was that was really cool to see. So uh, hopefully, you know. Uh, oh no! Cross tag, cross tag. Their finals was uh, in the big stadium on the last day. So what am I talking about? That was that was that was really dope to see. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, this is this the this is the thing I'm clinging on to. Like I love like all the fight, especially you know Skullgirls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skullgirls getting its due also yes. yeah, uh, on yeah. the main stage. I think is a huge deal mm-hmm. as well. Like Skullgirls is cool as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably like the 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 second like the second game on this list that I would be mo- I'm most excited to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that that's really cool too but uh, for me i think i might enter for melty blood and uh get my ass whooped oh two get knocked out i mean that's the dream right there is uh, i i talked to a tournament organizer uh back when i was still doing uh like heavier fgc covers than i do right now and one of the most poignant things they said to me was like every tournament needs a bunch of people to go o2 to survive so like yep the like the people who go o2 are the people who make the fgc happen and that like really stuck with me through the years uh is that you do need people who are willing to show up and lose their money <laughs> and that's that's how you that's get me. stuff like that um Skullgirls is huge i think that that studio alone like that game uh in its history if, if you're familiar with everything that happened with 
uh, Mike Zymont and the the fallout from allegations over there, and then the studio breaking off on their own, creating their own studio, and kind of getting uh, control of Skullgirls back and all that um, has been really interesting to follow. And so that game has also extremely blown up in the the pandemic era because it has really good online, and uh, a lot of people gave it the time of day they wouldn't have given otherwise. Uh, so it's been really cool to see that. Uh, KOF on here. KOF is an Evo classic as far as I'm concerned. And it's kind of been like sinking into obscurity a little bit in a way that I'm glad that the new game has really revitalized that scene from what I've seen. Um, KOF finals are always hype at Evo. Uh, Grand Blue getting in very weird, very strange. Um, yeah. Like I know there is I a just don't community. Think, I don't think it had a chance to, I don't think it had a chance to, Get to, on the to get it to like this day, is, yeah, yeah this yeah. is this is them so saying like, like you yeah. get your your time in the sun a little bit sure yeah. um you get to come outside and play in that respect i'm almost surprised to see mortal kombat 11 just because that game like feels like it's in limbo i know it's had a lot of development because they added uh custom variations that have you know let people kind of play the game they want to play it but it does feel a little bit like they had it because they needed to have another realm game and maybe just kind of mm. like highlights the fact that NetherRealm hasn't had anything major out since MK11. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, of course, Street Fighter was going to be there. Of course, Tekken was going to be there. Of course, Strive was going to be there. Strive is probably going to be the the final game of Evo because they're determining it by registrants this year. And uh, without a smash, as we've uh, been told, yes. Uh, I, I imagine Guilty Gear is going to reign supreme. It is weird not having oh, Smash. That'd be cool to see, though. Not that I particularly want Smash at Evo or think that Smash has to be at Evo, but it maybe does highlight that, again, much like other scenes, Smash is in a very weird place right now. Smash is in a very yeah. awkward place right now. And I'm sure after all the things that came out with players around that, Nintendo was very much like, we are going to control the way that Smash operates from now on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah it's it's kind of a bummer to see like how controlling nintendo is but at the same time in this particular case i'm like i kind of get it's it. really hard not to blame uh, them yeah yeah is it like uh i'm a little bit ignorant about what makes it so bad is the fan base is a little bit uh, wacky oh there were a lot of like allegations like predatory allegations within the community and stuff oh, a lot of I bad stuff hearing, came like, out about yeah murmurs you know. about that yeah like high okay. level players mm-hmm. like Oof. why would yeah. nintendo want to sponsor an event when you have when they they're not privy to like what can be happening with some of the icons of that scene Mm -hmm. or who people put up as icons in that scene it's like uh, yeah Yeah, and i guess nintendo is very very protective of their image so i could see them being like yeah yeah, yeah, you know what we're pulling the plug dudes and and we could spend an entire episode just talking about the smash community and the problems therein but i i do think it makes sense that nintendo would want to say like hey uh, we don't like when this when this stuff has been out of our control in the past. It has gone bad. Like we have historical evidence to show you of how it has gone bad. So uh, we're just not going to do that because they're I believe they're still working on something with Panda Gaming or something to do an official Smash League of some kind. And that is much more Nintendo stepping in and being like, we're going to do this and we're going to control it and we're going to operate it and it's not going to have any problems. And that way we won't get more headlines that say top smash brothers player allegations (laughs) Mm. because i think they were getting pretty tired of those headlines 
Um, Understandable. Yeah, yeah. Every um, time a twit longer came up, a Nintendo PR rep aged 14 years. So, uh, <laughs> oh God, there's another Google Doc. Yeah, yeah. There's gray hair spouted out immediately. So we knew that snub was coming. I was surprised to not see Undernight on the list. Uh, I was kind of hoping oh, for some man. outside shots like them's fighting herds because that got uh, a spot at Evo Online and that was kind of neat. Also surprised DNF Duel wasn't on there. I know that's like a not out yet game from Arc System Works, but I was kind of expecting that. But this is also already a very anime heavy lineup. So uh, I think they, yeah. they decided what's going to be popular uh, because this is also the first foot forward for for sony running this thing for sony and an rts joint venture running right, this yeah um they have a new general manager over at evo uh rick from from combo breaker who's running that stuff so i think this is also very much about them saying hey uh forget about evo's problems in the past and we're doing our thing and we're going to put a strong face forward of all this stuff i am curious if every game is going to be run on playstation 4 or not but uh it's it, it at least seems like they're stepping out and saying like, Hey, we, we are running a tournament and it's going to work well. Everything's going to go great. Nothing's going to go problematic. We're all good. Evo baby. We're back. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably, um, um, if I answer, uh, which I probably will for melty blood, I'll, I'll be there. Evo's hype. I love, oh, I love being so at much fun. It's, it's, it's an yes, incredible it's, atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Nice that it's live again. Um, I know yeah. we're still have to be very careful because the pandemic sure, is not yeah. over mm-hmm. by a long shot, but I'm looking forward to being with people again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm very lucky. Thankfully, I'm not immunocompromised or anything. Very mm-hmm. privileged that way. But I am looking forward to just, I don't know, doing panels, packs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's going to yeah. be good. I can't hug anyone, but I'll, I'll make do. I'll, I'll do air hugs. Vip. <laughs> it's uh it's hype though yeah. yeah the first year that dragon ball fighters was at evo was maybe one of the hypest things i've seen with everybody doing like the cell yell when cell showed up yeah. on screen. It just, oh that would have been fun to see so yeah. so incredible the, the way everyone gets into it mm-hmm. is it's pretty wild to see like you you don't get that kind of mm-hmm. hype like uh like during esports uh like just the one-on-one competitive nature of a fighting game Mm -hmm. and just how things happen so fast and it's very clear to see what is happening in a fighting game of course like it's all in one screen so it's very much uh like it feeds into that crowd Mm -hmm. hype Mm -hmm. that you just feed off that energy when you're in the moment uh, watching a fighting game for folks who may not be too uh embedded Mm -hmm. in the fgc so uh, damn, but like that—that that Smash final in 2019 when Joker from Persona uh, Five, the the player who won that mm-hmm. entire thing, came back from was down three one mm-hmm. and came back and won the whole thing. And I was just like, I, I couldn't believe mm-hmm. it. I was just like mm-hmm. screaming the entire time, <laughs> and like, and, and I was just like, I was up in the cameras like, Yo, fucking Joker won. Let's go, let's go. That's the man. I will never forget that moment. That shit. and like Tekken Seven is oh, also Tekken Seven probably, is so much fun to watch. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, funny. I used to, yeah, I used to play Tekken 4 Dark Resurrection mm-hmm. in my mall. Uh, I used to play ah, with nice. Mark Man mm-hmm. and his brother, Alex Man, because uh, they're both from San Diego. Mm-hmm. And like Mark Man is now the lead spokesperson for Bandai mm-hmm. Namco and Tekken. Uh, and it's really wild to see like, oh, shit, I used to I used to run matches with you and I used to get my ass whooped uh, by him and his brother uh, down in our local mall. And then. Uh, but like I'll always ha- I don't play Tekken anymore, but I always have like a lot of respect mm-hmm. and I still have like a good understanding of how Tekken plays. So I still very much enjoy watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and like to 
to cap this off, the thing you said about like the live events and stuff, I think that was the biggest difference for me going to Evo versus like watching it at home was if you go see something like an Overwatch League match in person, there is some hype to it. But you're also like the thing you're hearing on stream is also the thing you're hearing in the arena. Like they they pipe that commentary right. feed out. Uh, what was different about Evo was that the stream commentary was one duo and they were off doing their own thing. And obviously you could hear the crowd noise, but when you're in there in person, they have a different pair doing kind of the stage presentation and they are, they're not doing the, you know, James Chen, Seth Killian thing of like explaining, okay, you know, Ryu's looking for this frame trap here. He's going to duck in and go for this. And, Oh, I like, this is a good adaptation. They're just the people on the floor are there for the hype. They're, they're there to like get people men. riled yeah. up. They're like talking things up in the crowd between matches. Like they are totally there for the live experience and to get everyone like off their feet and all that. And just completely, completely different. So yeah, having God, having yeah, what, what, is, is nice. It's a, it's a good thing. Like watching Tasty Steve like oh run across the stage, <laughs> yeah. rolling around, jumping, losing his absolute mind during Tekken Seven <laughs> mm-hmm. matches. Like mm-hmm. you don't, yeah, you you just you you there. You see Steve, mm-hmm. Tasty Steve, just like just riling up the, up the crowd mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. It's uh, especially yeah, and like like you said with uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, everyone's like doing spear bombs mm-hmm. and shit. Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, it's great. It sounds Can't fun. Wait. Now for something completely different. An Untitled Eric segment. Tokimeki Memorial has a fan translation that's out right now. And that's my Untitled Eric segment for this week is just go play it. It's it's out. It's cool. Um, it's the Super Famicom version, which is a little bit of a bummer for folks who, who know about Tokimeki Memorial. Uh, you know that the PlayStation version is kind of where it's at. It's got all the voice acting things like that. Whereas the super Famicom version does not have any of that. Uh, but the translators who did this work also put in a little bit of extra time to get at least voiced confessions at the end in there, uh, as well as an intro uh, from the PC engine version, I believe. But uh, we've talked about it before. And now with the fan translation out, I'm on honestly thinking about uh, putting it forward as a top 25 RPG nomination. But uh Toki Meki uh, okay. to- Memorial is like the er dating sim in a lot of ways. It is like an extremely influential dating sim. And you can go watch a six hour video from Tim Rogers about why that is if you'd like to. But uh, it is it's it's worth checking out to at least learn the history there and, and see that. I'm sure Vic, if Vic is in the chat at all, is is yelling about uh soccer awards as well which Vic, i promise i have that on my game boy i'm gonna play it eventually but um it's uh definitely worth checking out it's cool that fan translations like this are still happening so i agree tokimeki yeah i think that fan translations are one of the best things the community can do for the rest of the community it's Mm -hmm. just a Mm -hmm. real labor of love and if not for fan translations like we'd be denied a lot of fantastic games so thank you if you if you're into that absolutely the top 25 RPG remake 2022 <laughs> integrate. Oh <boy>. Here we go. <laughs> Let's talk about it. We've got four more additions to the top 25 this week. What could it possibly be? What could go in? Let's start with Kat, who submitted hers from the high seas uh, by Carrier Pigeon. 
Cat uh, is nominating Neverwinter Nights, saying it's a seminal PC RPG and its campaign creation tools are an important legacy, so much so that being able to create a good questline using the Aurora toolset was a requirement for a design position at a lot of companies. We're in the middle of a D&D renaissance right now, so it feels like the right time to have a serious conversation about Neverwinter Nights. I absolutely agree with it. Uh, the only thing I can tell you about Neverwinter Nights is that there was a girl I liked in middle school who was really into Final Fantasy XI, Diablo II, and Neverwinter Nights, and that should have told me she was way out of my league, but I tried anyways. <laughs> so uh, let that be a testament to the fact that Neverwinter Nights is an incredible game that is out of our leagues and thus <laughs> deserves to be in the top 25. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's a classic. It's a classic. Nadia, what do you have this week? Uh, I went for one that another game that will probably never be considered, but it really should be. And that is Final Fantasy IV. And that seems very obvious on the surface because Mm -hmm. it is. Now, Final Fantasy IV is, I don't want to say it's the first Final Fantasy that gave us like a story. And I mean, that was two, really. Two is the first one that gave us a story, even if just ripped off, uh, what is it, Return of the Jedi or whatever it was, uh, which is fine. Final Fantasy IV did the same thing, but it also gave us a cohesive story combined with good solid gameplay final fantasy 4 is still a game that i think anyone can run through especially if you're doing the pixel remaster if you're doing uh the psp version which is still the best one it's a great game to play if you number one really want to see the roots of where square enix kind of started to get their footing because i think most people would agree that 4 was such a good cohesive passage package that it really showed where they were uh, heading into the future uh, and it's a very, very lightweight RPG in that it has it directs you through the story and it's easy to play in that regard. And you go to some crazy ass places, mm-hmm. you go to the moon, you go underneath the, the world. And I would actually double recommend Final Fantasy IV to play it if you are playing Final Fantasy fourteen because Endwalker yes. is just <laughs> Endwalker is all Final Fantasy fourteen like in jokes, so it's worth it. Still a great game, still holds up. I think the uh, the side quest where Cecil becomes a paladin uh, and renounces his his past as a Dark Knight is still think that's a really done sequence. Yeah, I can complain. I think that Final Fantasy IV is a historic RPG that still holds up and it should be nominated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy IV in the running now with just about every other Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, I think we I think we covered our bases here. I think to rank our top 25, we're going to have to rank the Final Fantasies while we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> Start there. Yeah. Untangle all that nonsense. Um, so my nomination for this week is a bit of an odd one because I'll tell you up front, I have not played this game. However, this is a game that was on my list of uh, something that I knew I was going to have to play for top 25. So this is a little bit of me putting a pin in the page saying I will play this by the time we get to the top 25 ranking. Also, because once I get to it, the developer is someone who I believe in. I believe in this developer. So I think it will be worth talking about as Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic Obscura, Obscura, I almost said Obscurica, uh, Arcanum, which is a Troika developed game, Troika as in the developer behind Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, uh, one of my favorite RPGs of all time. Arcanum is a bit of an odd pick, I think. It's an odd sheep out in the history of PC RPGs because of how different it is, how it mixes steampunk with fantasy setting. Uh, But it is 
heralded as an outlier, heralded as something that those in the know will always champion. And I just love the setting. I think it's an incredible setting. I think mixing uh, steampunk and magic in a Troika world already sounds like home run. So this is me saying that I'm putting it forward and downloading it on Steam as we speak. Uh, and I will be putting in the hours to defend it because I do think we need more PC mm-hmm. RPGs in contention uh, and Troika. Oh, the world where Troika stayed in business and we got to see what more that the studio could create. Instead, its best game killed it. You hate to see it. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, we'll always have bloodlines. Uh, for the community pick this week, we turn to Supermoot, who's out here saying Dragon Quest Eleven. My nominee in a list filled with genre redefining RPGs, it's almost a bit intimidating to put forth something as formulaic as Dragon Quest XI. However, that aforementioned formula has allowed for a refinement not present in games constantly trying to out-innovate the last entry. The DQ team are artists for sure, but more than that, they are craftsmen. And DQ Eleven represents a peak of craftsmanship that they've been honing for 35 years. This is a really well-argued argument, by the way. This is kind of yeah, why I went with yeah. it. I was like... Okay, okay. Uh, the blend of Akira Toriyama's art style and European fairy tale imagery is beautifully realized in a 3D open world big enough to want to explore, but not so large the details don't stand out. The battle system provides a warm familiarity while incorporating the new pep mechanic to add a fun variable to your strategy. The episodic narrative is stronger than ever, with some of the best stories in the entire series. People might complain about the length, but the characters are so well written that I'm glad the game gave me so much time with them. Dragon Quest XI is a testament to Yuji Horii's mastery of the craft and his team as fellow master craftsmen still sculpting their best work after over three decades there we go i agree yeah going for it that's a really really well written out argument mm-hmm. so thank you for mm-hmm. that and i think it covers all the bases because uh final uh, final fantasy jesus dragon quest 11 <laughs> really doesn't need a lot of justification to be included mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. uh consideration in the pantheon it's i mean i already nominated five is on our list of top 25 rpgs yeah. already Five and three, three are in I nominated. contention, I believe. Yeah, and yeah, builders three I nominated. two. Most importantly, builders two. We is... did have builders two on there. Oh, to cats chagrin, great, great chagrin. I almost put, put Dragoon forward this week. I was like this close to saying, "Let's put Legend of Dragoon forward and really mess with Cat <laughs> while she's gone." Uh, no, it's a it's a great argument. It's a great RPG. It has some incredible story moments, even though we think of Dragon Quest as more of a not as much of a story heavy uh, series as Final Fantasy. I if someone says to me, hey, Nadia, what's the first Dragon Quest I should play? I have no problems recommending 11. I think it's certainly the probably the most accessible best choice you have right now. It's just a, a really fun game. You know what I love about that game? I was kind of going through it the other day because, uh, of course, the best version is the one on the Switch. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where you get to a school for girls and it's just like this really prissy sort of private place. And it's not just a place for girls. It's for girl monsters as well. So you have like these these girls running around and having fun. There's a little slime trailing after them saying, yay, we're all friends. And then there's like this girl who's a zombie and she smells really bad and she feels bad about feeling smelling bad. So you'd get her perfume and, but she has friends and she has all this, this has like this frilly pink dress. It's just stuff like that that makes the dragon quest world stand out. And I just love it. Dragon Quest 11. Now in the nomination, our picks for this week, Dragon Quest 11, Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic Obscura, Final Fantasy 4 and Neverwinter Nights. Solid, solid list this week. Solid list. It is. Yeah, yeah. Look at us. We're good at picking RPGs. <laughs> Nadia, take us home with the nostalgia nook slash pit. Michael, if you've not 
familiar with this, Nadia always ends our, our podcast here with a story from Nadia's childhood. And it originally started out as the nostalgia nook because it was a nice cozy place of fond remembrance of video games past. And then they started taking dark turns and they became the nostalgia pit. <laughs> <laughs> so so we kind of vote at the end of the day. Is like, this a nook or a pit? Nadia, and is this a nook or a pit? <laughs> what are we getting into? I, I can't remember when the pit started. Like, I can't remember what story that started with. I told something really bad. And, uh, well, I have a bunch of really bad stories. But this one's not so bad. This was actually, well, it involves Facebook, so it's kind of bad. But I was going through my Facebook memories, as I am wont to do, and I noticed that I have been using Facebook for so long that I have... I mentioned apparently like 11, 12 years ago that I was picking, who was it? Picking my starter for black and white, mm. which, um, <laughs> God, I can't remember which, which Pokemon that was, but I went over on my Facebook post picking, remembering who my starters were. And I was thinking, okay, Pokemon Fire, uh, Pokemon Red, because I've started at the very beginning. I chose Charmander. Pokemon Silver, I chose Totodile. Pokemon mm -hmm. Ruby Sapphire, Sorry, I chose Totodile. Uh, Did you pronounce that Totodile? To How Totodile. Totodile. I've never heard it pronounced that way. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just very unique. It's never. Maybe it's a Canadian thing. Do you, I know we're weird with our O's. Do you say so Mario or Mario? Mario. Okay. Okay. Keep it. Is my it supposed to be Mario? Is it Mario? No, it's Mario. But I. People it's say Mario. Nadia, and I'm like, stop saying Nadia. It's Nadia, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Just with that same inflection, Nadia. <laughs> Nadia. See, my my European grandparents can't manage the DIA, so they're Nadia, which is cute. Oh, I like that. But, that's um, nice. Oh. Nadia's cute. That I also that's why I like uh, Puyo Puyo because Arl Nadia is the name of the <laughs> name of the character, and I always like that. Pokemon Su Ruby and Sapphire. I chose the Flaming Chicken. Uh, Oh. What comes after that? That was Diamond and Pearl. Diamond that and was, Pearl was... Um, I admittedly dropped off a Pokemon somewhere in this area. So. Mudkip? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't Mudkip. But I think Wooperwatch. it was Trico and... Swooper Watch. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Trico. Who was on? Who was in Diamond and Pearl? Chat, help us out. Who are the Diamond and Pearl starters? Let me look this up. Yeah, I'm actually blanking. This is why we have chat. Oh, was that Snivy and Piplup? Um, oh, Piplup, yeah, from Oh, Piplup, Piplup is cute. Okay, my last untitled Eric segment, uh, Piplup, Tortwig, and Chimchar. Chimchar, that's right. Chimchar was the one I picked. Yeah. Okay, so I picked Chimchar, and after that comes um, what comes after Diamond and Pearl? That black and white. So yeah. that was that was when Snivy. Was that Snivy? Yeah. That's okay. I remember now. That's when I said okay. Hi, Facebook. I'm choosing Snivy as my starter. And mm -hmm. then from there, I went Del Fox. I went, uh, or Fennekin, rather. Um, and then I went to Lytton, the best starter ever. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I went for Arceus. I went to, I almost called him Hoodle. Uh, <laughs> the owl. King Hoodle. <laughs> King Hoodle. The greatest. And I, then I, I added recently for the next game, which is going to be, I'm going to be choosing um, Flake Coco. Yeah, you're going Flake Coco. Yeah, I'm going. You didn't Coco. choose. You didn't choose Rowlet. I did choose. Sorry, it was Rowlet for um for Arceus. for Alolan. Oh, for no, for for Arceus because it was definitely Litten for yeah. yeah. And I was thinking back to uh, Oras, uh, that is Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, and I played mm -hmm. that, and I picked uh, Trico, 
Mm-hmm. And I named him Sparkle Motion because I had been watching Donnie Darko around that time. So uh, no one can question my commitment to Sparkle Motion. Thank you very much. This has been Nadia. It's been Talisman. Nook, nook. I guess it's a nook today. A, I think that was a nook. I think that was heartwarming. Yeah. I do like the idea of Facebook updates coming back and reminding you of what you picked in, in Pokemon. It's a weird occurrence of our daily life i, I love doing that where i take uh, an, an event and judge it according to the games that came out mm-hmm. at that time mm-hmm. uh there was i can't remember the last time the jays got oh, into it was the six and omega red and south Sapphire just come out that's <laughs> how so we're gonna talk to the to the kids in the future yeah but at one point when the Jays re-entered like the playoffs for the first time in a billion years i said hey the last time the uh, jays were in the playoffs uh secret armada came out so there you go. There's that's how you measure time, children. You don't bother with the metric system. Don't bother with anything. You just all measured by video games. You weigh uh, you weigh ten thousand shack food cartridges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's the axe of the blood god motto. Is we measure things in RPG time around here. Mm-hmm. Looking ahead to Absolutely. next week, obviously Stranger of Paradise will be officially out, so we'll be talking about that. I imagine we'll probably have some other segments to talk about as well. Uh, but I, I, you know, I'm going to have to spend some time talking about this game at some point. It's, it's, Hell yeah. Can't not. Uh, for those of you who want to check it out, as we said, there is a demo out and available. And by the time this is on the podcast feeds, of course, uh, I mean, it'll be out the day after it's like a Tuesday launch, I believe. Right. So, uh, not much time there before yeah. we are all hunting down chaos. Michael, yes. where can the folks at home find you and all your lovely work? Uh, you can find me and all of my bullshit at Michael P. Heim on Twitter <laughs> and fanboy.com if you want to check out uh, some good work by my colleagues and sometimes me. Um, right now, my Persona 4 Arena Ultimax review is up there along with uh, Ken Shepard's um, thoughts on the re-release as well. Uh, I'm working on some uh, some Gran Turismo coverage, some Strange in Paradise coverage, some... What else am I playing? Oh, I'm... I'm playing Ghostwire Tokyo, and that's all I can oh, say about it. Oh, how is it? Uh, uh, I can't say anything. <laughs> it is, uh, it is a video anything. game available for <laughs> the PlayStation and PC. For the PlayStation 5, yeah. and I, I have it, mm-hmm. and that's it. All right. Uh, so I'm, I'm playing that, uh, and, and I'll be doing coverage of that. Uh, who knows when? I don't Looking know. Forward who, to can, it. who can say? Yeah. Who can say it's I can't. Well, no, I can't. No, you say. can't say. <laughs> um, but Th- Bethesda's lawyers are uh, there are literally there are Bethesda lawyers uh, agents outside my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'll, I'll stop there. They're, they're like the, the but, guards uh, in yeah. Skyrim. They follow you everywhere and, and they just they mm-hmm. know if you've committed a crime. They, they're aware. They're, yeah, uh, they're outside in a, uh, a van marked flowers by Irene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's that on that. Excellent. Well, thank you for guesting today and talking all things fighting yes. games and other related bullshit. Uh, I love subjecting yes. our listeners to fighting games while cats away. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that'll do it for this week's show. As always, we're Axe of the Blood God, a retrospective RPG podcast. I almost just did the Normandy FM outro. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks again to our stars of destiny as well, hanging out in the weekly live show chat, making our lives all the much brighter for it. We see you teeps, Azixa, beware the slimes, Drew, RWX, Duck Meat, Cal L, Not Hollow, Ruka, Sardin, Spirus, Vic Boss. You're not a star of destiny. You snuck in here. <laughs> and Wah, Be a star of destiny in my heart. And, and Zoo, a Batman. Uh, ooh, teeps, that's not a bad post 
post-show questions. So maybe we'll talk about that. Uh, we're heading into the post show. So if you want to tune into that, you've got to be a star of destiny. So for all you free feed listeners and other Patreon folks out there, we will see you next time on Acts of the Blood Gap. Sometimes I doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. <laughs>